we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Well, you could have been old, watching old recordings of the Cowboys this week. Gosh. But we're still having a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl party anyway. Amen. It's going to be good. We might be rolling out old footage of the Super Bowl 30 when we beat the Steelers, but... Welcome everybody to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Chris Fluitt, and I'm excited to share the Word of God with you. I've been waiting all week to share this Word with you. Is anybody ready to receive it today? Yeah. Excellent. We're in the fourth week of our series. Somebody help me remind me, what is it called? Yeah, in Matthew chapter 6, right in the middle of the most popular, the most well-known sermon ever preached... It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talks to us about secrets. And in chapter 6, three times, Jesus directly speaks about things done in secret. Jesus has taught us about being secret in our giving, secret in our praying, and secret in our fasting. Today, I want you to turn to Matthew 6, and we're going to begin reading at verse 19, where Jesus instructs us further in the areas that are secret. Beginning at verse 19, Matthew chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then that light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, either you will Hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, in this passage that we just read, Jesus never directly says the word secret in this passage. He doesn't actually use the word secret like he has earlier in this chapter. Yet the context of the previous 18 verses cannot be discarded. So let's remind you, what is the context at this point of his sermon? Jesus has spoken about the secret motives that drive our actions. There are secret motives behind what you do and why you do it. Jesus has taught us to not be concerned with being seen by people, but what is done in secret is seen by God. Focus more on what is done in secret and seen by God, not to do it to be seen by man. And Jesus has taught us that the far greater reward is to be seen by the Father in heaven. Everybody agree with that, the context? Now let me tell you, here's how to read your Bible. Here's how to read your Bible. All of that is still in play when we start reading at verse 19. We don't just leave that behind. We are actually in the same context of these words, in the same sermon, at the same place, with the same speaker, and that's Jesus. That is the context when Jesus teaches us. Today's sermon we will title, Treasures 
and masters. Will you say treasures and masters? In a context where the invisible secret things, those things seen by only the Father in heaven, Jesus brings us a very visible subject. The treasures and masters of earth are very visible. Don't you agree? Have you dreamed recently about more money? How about a promotion? Anybody ever dream about a big lottery jackpot? You can wave your hand if that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My goodness. I sometimes, I don't even buy the lottery, but I'm just like, God, if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to, I could just walk over and see a lottery ticket and I could, you know, and the other, earlier uh, last year, I actually walked by and there was an unscratched lottery ticket. I'm like, this is it. This is it, Rick, this is it. I've been praying for this moment. And I was with my kids, I scratched it off. And my gosh, I was just, I used that as a moment to teach my kids, don't play the lottery, they're just gonna take your money. Because I did not win a single thing off what was a $20 scratch off. I didn't win a single thing. So I taught my kids, that was worth $20. You know, anyway, anybody dream about these things? How about a new car? Anybody dream about a new car? How about a new house? New shoes, anybody dream about a new iPhone? What are these things? These are very visible treasures. Have you worried lately about your boss? You can go ahead and say it, unless your boss is in church with you. Then say, no, I'm blessed. But if you worry about your boss, that you wouldn't be alone. Anybody ever worry, worry about a letter from the IRS? Yeah, I worry about IRS letters I've never even received. They, they scare me to death. Uh, did you spot a cop driving to church and almost you, you almost broke your foot stomping down on the brake to get under the speed limit? Has that happened for anybody? Are you experiencing anxiety over what others may think about you? You ever worry about dictators out there in a faraway land stomping all over Ukraine and other and other nations like that worried about Taiwan you ever worry about big leaders out in the world doing crazy things? anybody worry about that am I the only one we worry about these things what are these things these are visible masters visible treasures invisible masters and if we're honest we think about them all the time are you running after visible treasures? Think about that for a second. And are you running afraid from visible masters? Chances are very good you're doing all of that. And so it's really good that Jesus preaches to us about this. This is everything that Jesus has been talking to us about in this chapter. So let's dive back into the word. Beginning at verse 19, he says, do not Store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Jesus tells us, do not store up these visible treasures of earth. Jesus then tells us why. Why? It's in the verse. Anybody know? Yeah. These visible treasures are then eaten by moths. And vermin. And if they, they don't finish it all off, then thieves break in and steal them. There is no safe place on earth to store your treasure. 
There is no safe place that a thief can't get into. Anybody ever have their car broken into? And you locked it. And you put it exactly where it needed to be. It was well-lit area. Anybody ever had that? Yeah. There is no place that a thief can't get into. That's why that happened. Because of identity theft, account phishing, phishing with a PH, and hacking your online accounts, they're always vulnerable. You feel really secure about those online accounts, but they are not as secure as you think. A, a good friend of ours that comes to our life group just wrote me, said, pray for us. Some crazy company took us for every penny that was in our account. We woke up with zero dollars today. I thought that money was in the clear and safe. And some fraudulent company took them for every penny. And they're in the throes of trying to get all of that sorted out. What is that about? Thieves. There is no safe place on earth to store your treasures. And if thieves don't get that money, inflation does. Taxes do. Something's always eaten up. Your, your, your hard-earned money. Your valuable items of worth will eventually break down to decay, to moths and vermin. Your latest smartphone. Can I just tell you about your sweet, darling smartphone that you're so excited about? You listen to me. You listen. That sweet, darling, wonderful smartphone that, that you paid Apple or Samsung $1,000 for, right? Apple and Samsung, the very people you bought it from, are already about to release an update that will actually deprecate the very phone you purchased from them so that next year there's a brand new phone and yours is running slow. And you're like, I think I'll get the iPhone 13,000. It's called the 13,000 because that's what it costs. These physical and carnal treasures are not a secret. They're not a secret. And there are enemies, Jesus tells us in John 10, verse 10. And these enemies, they don't come in at the straight gate, but they enter in some way and they come for three things. What? To kill, to steal, and destroy. Your treasures. There is no safe place on earth to keep your treasures. That really, I'm sorry, that really makes me angry about smartphones. Because your smartphone ought to last forever. Let's just get real on it. They even make it so you can't even replace the battery. My gosh, we're just going to talk about smartphones today. But it's just another example of your treasures. Somebody's going to get to them, and it can even be the people you bought it from. Deprecate it. Moths and vermin are going to destroy it. It's going to decay. It's going to become to nothing. Where are you storing your treasures today? Where are you storing your treasures? Verse 20, Jesus says this, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So Jesus throughout this chapter has done this. He's offered both a negative and a positive instruction, and usually in that order. Don't be like uh, the pagans, but pray this way. Don't be like the hypocrites, the Pharisees, but be this way. And now he's doing the same thing again when he says, don't store up. And then he says, do store up. Jesus is telling us 
to store up our treasure in a secret place called heaven. It is such a secret that moths and vermin can't find it. Moths and vermin can get into anything on earth. Absolutely. If you ever had a mouse problem, it is a furiating problem. If you ever had a moth problem, it is a weird, awful problem. Moths and vermin, they can get into anything. But not heaven. There is a secret place that Jesus is telling us about that moths and vermin can't break into. Thieves can crack into any treasure on earth. But thieves can't even find the location called heaven. Much less find the treasures that are stored there. Do you like treasure? Now listen, there's some churches I've been into that actually made people feel like it was wrong to like treasure. Is it wrong to like treasure? I want to tell you, I want to relieve you today. I like the idea of treasure. I love the idea of treasure. I like news of promotion and pay raises. Anybody like that news? Hey, if you are looking, if you get good news like that and you're looking for somebody to share it with, call me. I will celebrate it with you. We'll go buy a donut and celebrate. Or I would celebrate with you if you won the lottery too. I would. And I wouldn't make you feel like instantly guilty or something like, and like, Shove across the, the table a picture of missionary children that are in their diary. I wouldn't. I would celebrate with you because I love treasure. I love you getting treasure. I love me getting treasure. I love it when my children find treasure. I love treasure. Somebody say, I love treasure. I love treasure. Can I tell you that Jesus is not preaching against treasure? Look again. Make sure you're looking here. He is not preaching against treasure. Nowhere in these verses he just says, don't, don't have treasure. But Jesus is talking about where you store your treasure. That's what he's preaching about. He's saying, do store up treasure in heaven. It's all about where you store your treasure. You can like treasure. Some of y'all, y'all need to hear that. That's a relief. There's a weird, like, false uh, humility in Christian circles sometimes, like, Oh, no, you, if, you're, if you're wealthy and you're getting money and you have too nice of a thing, that, that's probably bad for you. Wrong. And it's a misinterpretation of a, 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 a rich man entering in the kingdom of God is like an, a, a camel going through the eye of a needle. That, that is not Jesus' teaching at all in that regard. Jesus wants you to have treasure. He just doesn't want to see you get ripped off. He doesn't want to see a thief steal it. And he doesn't want to see moths and vermin destroy it. He wants you to have treasure. Look at someone say he wants you to have treasure. So the question here is, where is your treasure? Where's your treasure right now? Maybe we think more about the treasure than we do where we will store the treasure. I think that's true, right? Oh, my goodness. Everybody that's dreaming of the lottery, they're just thinking about money, 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 yacht, money, 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 house, money, 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 a gallon of gas, a, a carton of eggs, right? Money, 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 right, right, right. Nobody is thinking, my goodness, if I can just take this money and put it in a certificate of deposit, it'll earn 4% on the year. 
Nobody's thinking that. Because that is the storage of the money. We, we think about, we get the money, we spend the money, and then we had no money. And we're like, I wish I had some more money. Right? That's where we are. My goodness. Maybe we need to think about where we're storing our treasure. Maybe before Jesus is going to give you the next treasure, he wants to see you adequately store your treasure today. Jesus cares greatly about the location of your treasure. Jesus does not want your treasure to be eaten or thieved. Where is your treasure is an important question. And Jesus really drives home this point. It's like he preaches my sermon for me. Good job, Jesus. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, he, he just loads it down right here. He just drops the hammer right there. You think he's talking about treasure? He is. But then he says, well, I'm talking about your heart. And that's an entirely different sermon, isn't it? I want to tell you that your heart and your treasure occupy the same space. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. No wonder it is important to know where your treasure is being stored. If your treasure is stored on earth, then where's your heart? It's right on earth. That's where it is. If your treasure is being eaten and stolen, then what's happening to your heart? Your heart is being eaten and stolen. If your treasure is stored in heaven, then why is that good? Because that's where your heart resides. And no, nothing like a moth or a vermin can get to it. No thief can get to it. Can you keep a secret? I have some secrets to share with you today. Here they are. If you know these things, it's a good reminder, but I guarantee you some of you don't know this. Here it is. This is really kind of a secretive thing. I want you to learn it. Here it is. Jesus is not after your treasure. Say it one more time for somebody. Jesus is not after your treasure. He's not trying to take your car from you. He's not trying to take your house from you. He's not trying to take your money from you. Whatever you just got on Amazon that's still in the box, somehow we order the stuff, but we don't have the same energy to actually open the box sometimes, and it sits there for days. Yeah, I don't get us. First world problems. Jesus isn't after your box of Amazon crud. He's not after that. He's not after your treasure. I think that's something that, that needs to get preached sometimes. Some people think, oh man, the church, they just are after your money. And Jesus, it, it just it, somehow Jesus needs your money. Jesus doesn't need your money. He's not after your treasure. He's not after your treasure. Amen. He's not after your treasure. He's after your heart. heart. And they occupy the same place. He's after your heart. Who believes that? I believe that about Jesus. The enemy we call the devil, he doesn't care about your treasure. Here's another secret. The enemy we call the devil, he doesn't care about your car either, your house either, your money either. He doesn't care about those things. But he will gladly attack, destroy steal your treasure because it's also where your heart resides. And he knows that your heart is residing in your car and in silly materialism thing. So he just, I'm telling you, the Lord, the devil 
works on your car in bad ways. I believe it absolutely. The devil, the Bible says that there are things that, that would eat up your harvest. And that you have to rebuke the devourer. And that if you give to the Lord and you trust the Lord with your treasure, which is your heart, the Lord himself will rebuke the devourer for you. That's what the Bible says. What is going on here? He doesn't care about your treasure, speaking of the devil. He cares about your heart. And he knows the way to attack you is to attack your materialism. Because you've equated materialistic blessing with God's blessing. And it is not the same. You've, you've, you've false equivalated materialistic blessing and God's love for you. And it is not the same. God loves you just as much before you get the job as he does after you get the job. But the devil will get on to you while you're waiting for the call to get the job. And he'll say, he doesn't love you because you haven't got the job. What is he attacking? Is he attacking the treasure? Yeah, but that's not his end game. He's really attacking your heart. Because what flows out of your heart? The Bible tells you, guard your heart. For out of it flows everything. Everything flows out of your heart. How you treat your children flows out of your heart. Your worship, it flows out of your heart. Moral, high ground and doing the good things of God, all of that flows out of your heart. And if he can get your heart, you got to guard your heart. Guard your heart. So that's the devil. He doesn't care about your treasure. Now get this. There are other enemies in this world. They are after your treasure. They care about your treasure. They want to take your treasure from you. A fool and his money are soon parted. And they are looking for every way. You get scam calls all the time. Oh, I hate those things. There are people that will steal your treasure and discard your heart. They don't care about your heart. They just want your dollar bills. They want access to your account so they can have it and just throw your heart aside. They don't care what it does to the person. Again, Jesus is not after your treasure, but Jesus is after your heart. Can he have your heart today? Does he have your heart today? Before today is over, Jesus Christ can have your heart. And that's going to be better for you every way in the world. I want to tell you, when you give your time, when you give your money, when you give your energy, you're giving your treasure. But more importantly, you are giving your heart. Store your treasure in a secret place. Let your heart be in heaven where Jesus is already enthroned. We sang that song just a while ago. He's seated in majesty. Those aren't just words to a song. Jesus Christ is literally enthroned on the throne of heaven right now. Don't you want your heart to be there? That's where we need our heart to be there. We cannot have our heart there if our treasure isn't there. They're in the same place. Store your treasure in a secret place. Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? It almost seems like a subject change. Can we be real? 
He's talking about treasure. He's talking about heaven, earth. He's talking about heart. And then suddenly, he's like, I want to talk to you about your eyes. Jesus goes, and it, it feels like a subject change. Yet there is a context still here, and there is a thread that we can find as we run through this, this shift. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. There are disagreements over how to translate the word healthy in this verse. The NIV famously translates it healthy. It's the Greek word haplous. Say haplous. The Greek word haplous actually means single. And in your King James Version, it, it goes with the word single. It means simple. It means whole. And so the NIV translators, they went with more of a physical definition of the eye. It made sense to them that if Jesus is talking about like a physical thing, your eyes are doing good, they're healthy. If they're not, they're unhealthy. But the definition of singleness, I think, fits so much in the context and helps bring the, the thread through our story. So let's think about the word single here. If your eyes are single, if your eyes are simple, not complex, not all over the place, if your eyes are whole, your whole body will be full of light. We could talk about light, but let's just know this. Light is good. Light is the goodness of God. In him is light, and that light has become the life of all mankind. That's our Jesus. If your eyes, if your heart, if your treasure all occupy the same single secret location of heaven, You'll be full of light. But when your eyes are divided, not single, not simple, not whole, you do not have the same promise. The next verse, 23. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus is almost saying it in here, it seems to me, like, if what should be light in you is not light, but actually the opposite of light, darkness, it doesn't get much darker than that. If I had a box of darkness and I threw it in a dark room, it would actually get darker because we're talking not about a physical darkness here, but a spiritual darkness. Who agrees? And once again, there are disagreements over the translation of the word unhealthy here. Let's look at the Greek word poneros. Everybody say poneros. Now, this is the same word that Jesus uses 10 verses earlier where he prays, deliver us from evil. That's the word poneros. So NIV literally goes from saying, deliver us from evil to your eyes are unhealthy. And it's the exact same word. That's really interesting to me. Obviously, again, they're going with the physical definition for the word eyes here. Eyes that are not single in focus and devotion are considered poneros, evil. I want you to think about that. Eyes, eyes. When you, what you look at, it's what you focus on. It's terrible if your eyes are looking at something, your car ends up driving towards it. Yeah, gosh. That's why so many young men accidentally run over beautiful women when they're running. We need to pay attention to this word for evil. It's translated 
mostly is wicked or evil. It, it means, it's got a definition which means pressed and harassed by labor. And when I was studying this, that really like stood out to me. I'm like, well, that's interesting because that's not what I think about as evil. That's not what I think about as wicked. Evil. Pressed and harassed by labors. Strong's Concordance adds this footnote. In its etymology, it indicates a degeneracy from original virtue. If something is created to be this, it poneros degenerates and becomes something less than what it was originally created to be. Does that make sense? Much like Apple and Samsung are poneros, your smartphones. I got it back in. All of this story, searching out Poneros, just hit me really hard. So I'm going to go with my gut on it. It reminds me of Adam in that garden. Who before the fall of sin was single-eyed. But after the fall of sin was pressed and harassed by labors. You see where it's going? You see that? Adam, before he falls in sin, all he can think about is God. After he has a little chat with the snake, suddenly he's not single-minded, but he knows both good and evil. And when he has fallen from his original virtue, it is correct to say that his new nature is less than righteous. It's wicked. And it is evil. And what happens to him? He is pressed and harassed by labors, both he and Eve. He is harassed by the labor of working the ground. And she is pressed by the labor of childbirth. Are you pressed? Are you harassed by labor? If that is you, ask yourself, are my treasures in heaven? Or they in earth. In heaven, no one is pressed or harassed by labors. Is your heart in heaven or is your heart on earth? Where is your heart at? I think this subject is actually enough to just send us to an altar today. Oh, that we would repent today and we would be single-eyed if we would be singularly focused on all the secrets of Jesus. Let that be our focus. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. As they lead us, I want, I want us to transfer our treasure and our heart to heaven today. Can we, can we get a new bank account today? Can we shift and change and transfer where we're keeping our treasure today? I want Jesus to help us prepare our hearts with this last verse. I'll try to be very quick. Verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus really drives home the idea of single here, doesn't he? Uh, When he tells us that no one can divide their service to two masters. 
we must serve one master. We need to have a single master that we're serving. Listen, your job, I'm so glad you got your job, you got a boss. But you got to be careful who is the one single master that you're serving. The, the worries about what the world thinks about you and the peer pressure, is that going to be your master or is the Lord Jesus Christ going to be your one single-eyed focus? Jesus leaves us no doubt to the masters he is speaking of. He is talking about the two masters. Name them. You cannot serve God and money. He's talking about God and he's talking about money. I want to tell you today, don't let your treasure be your master. But let your master be your treasure. Work that out in your heart real quick. Don't we let our treasures master us? We're living in America where people buy too much and then they become a slave to their car note. And what seemed like a good idea is now driving them to suicide because they are losing their mind because they're about to repo their car. That's a terrible... Or they can lose their house. And they, they, they're treasuring... Their treasure, what they treasure has become their master. Instead, I want you to flip that today. I want to tell you, your money and your treasure, they make a terrible master. You got a master that can get eaten by vermin and moths. You got a master that can be stolen by thieves. Perishable and stealable treasures of earth should never be what you are serving. Has money become your master? Have the visible treasures of the world become what is driving you and is your focus? I want you to come to an altar today. Bring that to the Lord and say, Jesus, forgive me of serving another master other than you. You can do that today. And God will meet you in this place. Turn that upside down today and treasure your master. Are you treasuring the word of God? Are you treasuring God as your Lord and as your master? You know, it's so easy to call him Lord. It is, a, it is one thing to call him Lord. It is another thing to live out, Jesus, you are my Lord. But if he's your master and you treasure him, you will seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what does Jesus tell us? Oh my gosh, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, guys. And all these things will be added to you. What a good master. What a good master. When you seek first this master, all the other stuff that would be so nice to have, all those things will be added unto you. Who added them unto you? Your master. That's who did it. The master of that kingdom. It is time to close down your bank account on earth. I'm speaking spiritually, of course. Don't run out to chase and close down your bank account. Yet. But I want you to focus today on reopening a new bank account in heaven. Jesus, what does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks just like Jesus. It is time to value 
the secret things of God and let God be where your treasure is. Because if your treasure, if you're treasuring your master, then that's where your heart is also. Our worship team is going to lead us in praise and lead us in worship. These altars are open right now. Make Jesus Christ your treasure today. Come on, repent of things that have been, that have been visible treasures of this world. We're going to store up a treasure in heaven today. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every person in this house. Lord, I thank you for the treasures that come from our wonderful master, Jesus Christ. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214.